5th, December 21st, 2023, the second last KYN Live of 2023. I am Tyler Hertruck, your trusty host, one of your trusty hosts. And my guest today is a writer of the upcoming graphic novel Youth Group, a podcaster, two-time Eisner nominee, and arguably most exciting, uh, presenter of the prestigious Best Condiment Award at this year's Steamies, Jordan Morris. <laughs> Hi. Hi. How are you? Yes. Uh, happy to happy to be here uh, as a condiment expert. I have to ask, what was the condiment that won? Yeah, it was a uh, – oh, gosh. I'm going to get the brand name wrong, but um, uh, our buddy comedy legend Bill Oakley does a an award show every year for the best packaged food and snacks, and I believe it was Caribbean Breeze IRA barbecue sauce. Um, I've got a, bo- a a jar in the mail. I ordered it from the from the website. Um, can't can't wait to get, get to get this sauce all in my face. Hell yeah, I'm writing that down too now. Uh, BBQ. I have a friend who is uh, condiment phobic. Interesting. And they just like dry food. Basically, uh, okay. to the point where like they have said that they will like kill people if they try to give their kids condiments even. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, uh, maybe it sounds like this person has a lot going on. Yeah, um, condiments, but some exactly inner demons that um, we dealt with. Yeah, that's time for another story. Uh, so <laughs> here's what's gonna happen today. Uh, you're a con- you're talk- a con- you like a condiment though, right? Oh, I love a condiment, absolutely. Um, and I love the uh, the jalapeno lime um, spread from Trader Joe's, which I found out recently is only seasonal. Oh, really? Yeah, Trader Joe's. They're, uh, you know, I think we're all in a little bit of an abusive relationship with Trader Joe's. They they give us the good stuff and then they take it away. Exactly. Still, I still mourn the um, uh, hot mustard wonton chips. Like, these haven't been in the store for 15 years and I still... I still kind of kind of look at the snacks and like maybe the wonton chips are back. Maybe they're maybe back this time. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Um, me- meanwhile, our producer's probably like, Tyler, can you start the show? Uh, so here's what's going to happen. <laughs> it's uh, good stuff. <laughs> it's, I would argue it's great stuff. Thank uh, you. We're going to talk the KYN7. Uh, there may or may not be condiments involved. Uh, but the seven of the top news stories of the week that are stupid, funny, or weird, and I will get your reactions. That's why you're here. Right. And I'll ask you questions along the way. And everybody who is not in the call but is outside of the call looking in, Send in your super chats to get your question or statement read on the air. And if you don't want to donate through YouTube or you can't catch the show live, go to KYNchat.com and you can leave a question or statement anytime that we'll read on the air or Jordan may or may not get tattooed somewhere on his body. <laughs> on to story no, number I, seven. I, I, listen, I signed the waiver before <laughs> before the stream turned on. I am I am legally obligated to get these tattoos. <laughs> can't wait. Um, he said good. there's a lot of space in the, for, the forehead space. He's, he's open up to, to, to doing yes. it as well. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be forehead first, and then we're just going to work our way down. Love to see it. Story number seven, uh, reported by The Guardian. So you're familiar with the Scripps National Spelling Bee, right? Love it. Huge fan. So, uh, I, I lose a lot of money every year betting on the betting spelling on the children. <laughs> uh, so ESPN for years was the uh, company who broadcast Scripps National Spelling Bee. Uh, until the event actually shifted to another network in 2022. Now, there is a relatively new supposed eSport that is uh, the championship contest televised live on ESPN Direct from Las Vegas. Uh, What do you think this new eSport that ESPN has started showing uh, is called? Or what sport might it be, eSport? Oh, yeah. I mean, gosh, love online gaming. So maybe it's something like competitive doxing. 
Ooh, I like, mean, you can. <laughs> some people do that free of charge too. Sure. <laughs> uh, would you say that you're like an amateur doxer, a professional? You do it full time, or yeah, I like people who are doing it for the love of the game. Who so. are out there, not some people who are just like want the Red Bull sponsorship or all the fame that comes with being a professional doxer. I want people who are in it to give out the information <laughs> of their enemies online. Um, oh. No, I mean, if you're looking for an actual guest, me, I am a big fan of uh, like games like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. And I have been overjoyed um, in recent years that you can see some of that stuff on ESPN, you know, usually kind of late at night at a weird hour. Um, but, yeah, I would be uh, I would I would be thrilled if something like that would would make its way into primetime. Get those. Get those spelling kids out of here. Let's see some fatalities. In a, in a perfect world, uh, yes, spelling would be replaced by fatalities. But uh, in this case, it's replaced by uh, some very specific formulas because it, it is the Microsoft Excel World Championships. And we have a clip. Thank you, <laughs> no. Stephen. Here we go. We are ready. Yes. Our contestants have just opened the case files, and they're getting going on this first case, which is all about eSports. Kind of meta here because we have a case where we're having the contestants solve a problem about scoring eSports. Exactly. Yeah. What? <laughs> so it's an eSports tournament <laughs> based in Microsoft Excel, and in each round there's eight players, and they're given this big ream of data plus a set of instructions. So they need to create formulas and subsets to process the data, working against the clock to solve different stages of the case and earn bonus points. And every seven and a half minutes, the lowest scorer is eliminated. It's like competitive human resources. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, there's Excel heads out there. I've never been able to master it. But, yeah, maybe I can learn a thing or two by, by watching the best of the best. Exactly. So My the gosh. winner... The winner this year, uh, with the nickname The Annihilator, uh, was a Andrew Ngai, a 36-year-old from Sydney, Australia, who became a three-time champion and won $15,000. <laughs> There's The Annihilator. There it is. And a massive belt. Oh, my gosh. That's why I, I, you know, I love that they have such a sense of humor about it. I loved the, uh, uh, like, badass red mohawk on that commentator we saw in the video. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, they can finally tell that their their family that they excel at something too, right? Nice, that's Ooh. solid. I hope I hope they use that in the show. <laughs> that is, we love it. We love a pun. Uh, 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 yeah, that's wild. Yeah, Auto Story number six reported by NDTV. Uh, there's a series of highway tolls known as a toll plaza, apparently, that was set up on a national highway in India, and it operated for about a year and a half until there was a discovery and they were forced to shut it down. What do you think they discovered about said toll plaza? Oh boy. It's, okay. What, what would cause a toll plaza to be shut down? Um, they were, they were handing people fruits and vegetables to take over the border. <laughs> They're like, here, transport these fruits or vegetables for us. They're encouraging just like the, the worst sorts of, uh, th this would be uh, importing that Australia would, would very much despise. Australia is very strict about their rules. Um, but in India, that's not the case. Um, it was actually set up on private land and the landowners were getting oh. the money. <laughs> and we have a picture. It's kind of hard to make out here. Um, but Basically, uh, this was set up to divert traffic and bypass an actual authorized toll plaza on the highway. 
Oh, and dang. it supposedly offered a 50% discount. So obviously drivers were like, yeah, I'll take this toll instead. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, maybe you could just slip, you know, Google maps, uh, a little, a little something to reroute everybody through your private toll booth. Yeah. Um, now eventually the police got wind of it, right? but, uh, year and a half of the landowners generating thousands of rupees every day that's insane that's just like that's just like a road airbnb just like renting out your your road it's part of the hustle economy we are, we're all part of it oh amazing oh i love it. love to see you love to see yeah the, the hustle economy can you imagine it's like uh, you know hey jordan what do you do when you're not at work what do you do for fun oh i have a toll plaza Right. <laughs> That's just my side thing. Exactly. <laughs> Hopefully I can make the toll plaza a career someday, but you know, right now it's just kind of a hobby. <laughs> oh gosh. Amazing. A reminder everybody out there, get in your super chats to have your question or statement read on the air. And if you can't catch the show live, go to KYNchat.com, leave a contribution at any time, and we'll read your question or statement on the next show. On to story number five, reported by CBC Radio, good old Canadian broadcasting company. I think is what the other C stands for. There's a woman in Fox Island, Washington named corporation. Thank you, Joel Canadian broadcasting corporation. Um, A woman in Fox Island, Washington named Jamie Biscaglia was participating in a fishing derby in Tacoma and wanted to help her friend get a good picture for a photo contest. So she decided to pose with an octopus clinging to her face. What do you think happened next? (laughs) <laughs> they they fell in love, <laughs> you know. Next, I I hope I hope uh, she put a ring on it, uh, eight rings on <laughs> on them. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, there's 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 a lot you can do to an octopus when it's on your face. Um, <laughs> hope I hope they forged a connection. I I didn't see it, but wasn't there wasn't there kind of like a buzzy Netflix documentary about a guy. Who, oh, who my met octopus an teacher? octopus? Yeah, and I, I think all the jokes I heard about that said like maybe there was a little bit of an erotic undertone to it. Could have been. So maybe humans and oct- octopi can connect in that way. Yeah, it just so happens this guy was a huge hentai fan and met one IRL and was just like amazing. <laughs> I will say that um, uh, you know I have nothing but love for the nation of Canada. Um, it's a beautiful place that I've visited many times. I hope to go back. A fishing derby is one of the more Canadian things I have ever heard about in my life. To be fair, this was in Washington. It was just reported by the CBC. Oh, okay, okay. Well, well this I, is on um, you guys. Well, I, that's maybe they're like <laughs> this was not picked up by any American news sources. Canada is like, oh, we need to get this is front page stuff. Oh, Stop the gosh. presses. So, so, so we think a love story between the woman and the and the octopus. Yeah. I hope so. I'm, 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 I'm hoping for it. I think we all, you know, we could all use we could all use a little positivity here at the end of the year. Uh, quick love bit of love story and quick bit of trivia for you. Yes. Do you know how many hearts an octopus has? Oh, great question. I assume it's more than one because you're asking me. It'd be kind of wild if you're like, pop quiz, hot yeah. shot. <laughs> they have one, just like everything else. Um, I'm going to guess, so eight arms. So if we have two arms and one heart, I'm going to say, I'm just going to do that math and say that they have four hearts. I mean, close. Price is right rules. You're wrong. Uh, three hearts. But, <laughs> oh, really? Uh, okay, I was close. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so, back to the, the octopus. Maybe that's why they're such loving creatures. <laughs> it could be. It could be. They're so full of heart. Uh, we have pictures. It bit her and was venomous. Oh, no. Oh, my. Oh, God. So I'm assuming oh that's gosh. the first picture. Like, hey, check out this funny thing. Right. Ha, ha, ha. Um, 
that's like a a small oct- reminds me kind of um apologies to to Joel uh or whoever else is watching this but there is there is an article of a, an adult toy called a chindo where okay. like you can strap uh something to the, your chin and it looks like that's what that is basically <laughs> Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh not to backtrack. <laughs> gosh. Yeah. That is uh that yeah, that that I, I although I guess if I didn't know that it was biting her and it was poisonous, I I might guess that's you know, that that has some romantic energy to it, that photo. hundred percent. Uh I will now... also say that I think uh XL con- uh, uh contest is very Canadian as well. <laughs> Uh, so after it bit her, she actually continued for to fish for the entire day. Wow, uh, what a pro. Fishing is life. But the next morning, her face was completely swollen. Uh, she went to the ER. Good mm-hmm. news, she is okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, but she also kept the octopus, cooked it, and ate it. <laughs> wow, a beautiful. That, that all comes full circle, doesn't it? And I'm assuming ate all three hearts. Right. Ooh, yeah, the heart. That's the that's the juiciest part of the octopus. <laughs> it is. It's where they store all of their love. That's why it's so juicy, because they're it such is. loving cephalopods. Anyway. Great word. Thank you. I think that's what they that's like the phylum they belong to. I, I don't know. Another great word. Wow, yeah. you are a writer, Jordan. <laughs> I do I have a thesaurus taped up to my window just <laughs> off camera and I'm just reading random words. <laughs> I hope uh, octopi fans aren't like roasting me in the comments. It's like, uh, actually they're me, me, me. anyway. On to story number four reported by The Guardian. Um, this is a fun association. The Gondoliers Association in Venice. Oh, okay. It's had a lot of issues with tourists in recent years. In 2020, they actually reduced the capacity of their boats, blaming the increased burden of overweight tourists. Um, And recently, a group of Chinese tourists actually upset their gondolier by shifting around the boat, taking selfies. Now, what do you think happened next in this particular case? Oh, gosh. I mean, if the gondoliers go on strike, I mean, the whole country of italy grinds to a halt right like i mean that i mean it just nothing gets done in italy without the gondoliers so i mean no no you know no pasta no no wine um you know mario and luigi just out there on the picket lines refusing to save princesses anarchy right i mean if if italy falls the rest of the world isn't far behind right so is this this the first domino to tip over that leads us to the eventual apocalypse? I think it might be. Well, what's fascinating about that is uh, you use the word tip over, which is very close to what actually happened. Uh, <laughs> the boat capsized. Okay. And we have yeah. a video here. <laughs> I maybe could have so, guessed that. Yeah. So basically, the gondoliers maneuver, they were trying to go under a bridge, and it required the maximum balance of weight on board. But right. all the passengers were just kind of like, ah, I don't need to sit down. I'm going to continue to move around and take photos. Oh, dear. I, You oh. know... You know, I I know that this is like an old tradition, right? Gondoliering is, you know, I don't know how long it goes back, but I imagine it's a, you know, it's a, it has a rich history. I do think you need to to adjust to modern times a little bit. You have to assume that people are going to want to take selfies, so get a ring light in there, you know, get uh, get some get some fun backgrounds. Um, yeah, I mean, lighting so important for selfies. Um, and also, like, you have to realize that we now live in a world where the Wendy's Baconator exists. It exists, and it's just going to change, 
you know, it's just going to change the amount of weight that a gondola needs to hold. So get with the times, Italy. Get with the times. People was... are people are huge, and they want to take photos of themselves. I was waiting for that connection. I'm like, Baconator, where is he go? Oh, okay, I got it. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I mean, the good news. I take down a couple of Baconators a week, don't you? I... No, not myself. I'm more of a crispy chicken man myself. Okay, no, uh, that's a good choice. That's a yeah. good choice. But now, so it's saying good news, I would argue – whether or not this is good news, everyone made it to safety. Um, this good. would be more of kind of like a, a trial by water kind of thing where it's like they did, probably didn't learn the lesson is, is is my thing, right? I feel like you need a casualty to learn your lesson. Well, I mean, I guess it probably ruined the phones they were using to take oh, the selfies. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe that maybe that'll teach you. Maybe that'll teach you to, you know, just live in the moment. Touch a little grass, as they say in the comments. <laughs> Um, you know, yeah, maybe this is a, we could all learn from this. I was just, you know, uh, railing against the gondola association for not getting with the times, but you know what, maybe, maybe we could take this all as a, as a moment to, you know, get off our little hypno screens and get out there and just connect with a man in a stripy shirt, <laughs> rowing a boat. A nice big stick. Beautiful. With a, with a giant, with a giant oar. Well done. Uh, on to story number three, reported by KCRG. Uh, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, there's a sports bar that did a promotion called Poor Till They Score. Now, it was offered to anyone who signed up to play on a golf simulator during the Big Ten Championship College football game between Michigan State and the hometown Iowa Hawkeyes. And the bar actually offered free beer until the Hawkeyes scored. Now, are you a college football fan? I am not. Uh, I do not uh, have a sport that I follow. <laughs> Competitive Mortal Kombat is the closest thing. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. It kind of seems like where this is going is that this team that had to score is probably not a good team. Um, I honestly don't know where they are in the league standings. But yeah. for this particular game, um, <laughs> they actually got shut out 26 nothing. Um, and here's a clip from the manager of that sports bar, courtesy of KCRG. I think that, you know, being locally owned, it's nice to do some things for the community. They've held this promotion throughout the season and say they'll offer something for Iowa's upcoming bowl game. <laughs> I love that, she, <laughs> that she's contextualizing that as a <laughs> as, as kind of a a community building exercise. I love that. I mean, it's, it, I mean, you know, could you do a book drive for the library? Could you do a highway cleanup? Yes. I mean, all of these things help the community, but also um, <laughs> getting everyone drunk off their ass is good too, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and at the end of the day, the bar ended up having to uh, give out 100 free beers. Uh, it cost them roughly $500. Okay. But, I mean, you're get, they're getting promotion. We're talking about them on this show. The next time I'm in that town, Cedar Rapids, I'll Iowa. Go yeah. Cedar Rapids, Iowa, which um, <laughs> I'm, I hope to be in soon. Um, I'll go there. So, yeah, maybe hopefully they made it back, made their money back with the promotion. But, man, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's yeah, that's a shame. You have to also kind of find that – I wouldn't say it's a niche or you guys would say niche – um, but somebody who loves to golf while watching football. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess that part of it too, kind of went over my head. I guess there's some sort of 
top golf video game. Anyway, I I could, couldn't tell you how that seems like too many activities, frankly. And I would say you continuing to feed alcohol or just like push it on people who have golf clubs and they're swinging them around probably also isn't a good idea. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, you know, I guess maybe next time you pivot to, you know, the alcohol. I mean, that's where you make your money. You pivot to something that has a little bit of a shallower margin, free mozzarella sticks to they score. Oh. Everybody, you loading up with mozzarella sticks, you, you you send them outside, you get them on a gondola. There we go. And it all comes back around. And the gondolier yeah. has a large stick that is a mozzarella stick. Oh my gosh. That's no, that's a promotion. <laughs> that'll wait. get me that'll get me to Cedar Rapids. <laughs> One more reminder, guys. Get in your super chats to have your question or statement read on the air or go to KYNchat.com. Leave a contribution at any time. And we'll read your question or statement on the next show. Or as mentioned at the top of the show, Jordan will get tattooed on his forehead. On to story number two, reported by The Guardian. Uh, you may have heard of this story. Uh, I came across it a number of times in the last couple of weeks. A BBC news anchor named Mariam Mashiri was forced to apologize for her actions during a live news broadcast. Now, what do you think happened? Gosh, I love a live news blooper. There's so many great ones. You know, I and this happened on the BBC. Do you remember that one where the guy is trying to give this kind of very serious speech about the Middle East, I think, and his kids keep coming in, and he has, like, two kids who keep – do you remember? Yeah, that's the that, – that has never been topped, in my opinion. I hope whatever this is can possibly top that. I watched that. Once a week, and lose and lose my poop. If people have not seen this, <laughs> and then so the funny, and then the wife like army crawls in. Yeah, I know. And his it's it's his kids keep coming in, and his wife is just frantically trying to pull them off camera, um, <laughs> in the most spectacular way. Um, I hate to just describe another viral video on the show, but it's the first thing that popped into my head. Um, I can describe the cat that says "yas" later if you want me to. Um, yeah, boy, I hope, I, I don't know what happened, but I hope whatever it is, is, is as classic as that video. Uh, I think it will be a classic for years and years to come. And we have a clip to show you. Live from London, this is BBC News. <laughs> oh my gosh. So like... <laughs> Have we gotten an explanation? We actually, we apparently have. So it turns out it was meant to be a joke for her friends inside the studio. And there is the full clip here. It's just showing what she actually intended to okay. do. Live from London, this is BBC News. I mean, the switch from I'm goofing around to we're on the BBC is just it's amazing. I, I honestly think that there's probably some sort of animosity between her and the sound guy, because right. I would argue, too, that the timing of that was perfect. But like maybe the camera turned on early or something. Yeah, I wonder. It's like somebody off camera is just telling her that her sports bar has now stopped offering free beers. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's also coming up to new year's one of my biggest pet peeves around the new year's is the countdown 
right? Okay. You don't like the countdown. You don't like the ball dropping? Not that I don't like the countdown. The majority of people don't count down properly. Okay. Uh, this I haven't heard this take yet. Let's. <laughs> so you're seeing the countdown and you're seeing yeah. the, the, nine, the eight, number seven, of. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's your exactly. problem? You look in the seconds and milliseconds. When people hit one, they hit one. They say one when it's just finished being two. So if it's like there's 2.00 seconds left, as soon right. as it drops down to one, they say one. And then there's that extra amount of time because they've said it too soon. You should be saying one when it's 1.00. Okay. Does that kind of make sense? So, like, when uh, there's counting down, it's three, two, one. <laughs> okay. Have, so, I, maybe the same thing happens. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah, if people just would – you're saying people need to respect milliseconds more. <laughs> That's much, much better. Everybody's, everybody's crazy about seconds, but we never hear about milliseconds, and, appara- and apparently they matter. I mean, I guess, you know, maybe I would say that – your problem with the ball drop might be a little granular and <laughs> maybe something to let go. But, but I think in this instance with this news anchor, we have seen that milliseconds matter. They do. And, and yeah, hopefully now I don't know what the, what the response to this has been. Is it a thing where like people love her and it's fun and she's kind of playing it off or, you know, are people like, how dare she do this on the news? I mean, I'm sure some people, have felt both things, but um, yeah, I, mean, I hope it's more fun than it is. She's been forced to apologize. The the sh- the not shocking thing, but the thing that I've noticed is that the first clip has been you know going around everywhere, but this is my first time seeing the clip explaining what she was right. doing. So people probably think she was just like ah, sure news, but she was counting down. <laughs> I would love it if <laughs> every news anchor just started off their segment with news. Here comes news. Prepare for news. Do, yeah, exactly. Uh, but before I move on to the last story, that yes. reminds me, too, of another great news blooper of an anchor. Top of the newscast, they mentioned that they're, they were filling in for somebody else, and then there's no pause, and they immediately go into the first story. Do you remember that? Oh, right. And then it's something about uh, like how a how, like and house it's saying fire that they died and the the story is about a death. So it sounds like they're saying that the person they are filling in for has died. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm Tyler Herchuk filling in for Jordan Morris. He was murdered Bruce, brutally. And, uh... <laughs> and that's why I'm filling in for him. Exactly. <laughs> I, I love a news blooper. And I hope that, you know, I, I, I hope that local news never goes away. Because just the bloopers are so beautiful. I mean, where 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 are we gonna get where are we gonna get this a comedy this good? Nowhere. No, a news I agree. blooper is the funniest thing. I agree. It's I news. Agree. The fun, the funniest things in the world are news bloopers and Steve Harvey reacting to a saucy answer on Family Feud. As a as a comedy writer, I am I I I am constantly sent into a spiral knowing that I will never come up with anything as funny as either of those things. It's, it truly really is. Uh, you, you live two lives. The first life is before you realize that you can never write something that funny. And then the second right. life is once you're okay with that, you accept it, you, you accept, accept it and move on. <laughs> exactly. Now on to story number one, our final story for the day reported by D N Y U Z Joel, our producers like, Go to the last story already, dude. Like, I'm going to press the button. No, Uh, we're going to rank our favorite condiments. (laughs) (laughs) Daniel Dombeck is a neurobiologist at Northwestern University in Evanston, Illinois. 
and he and his team are studying mice and neuroscience to see how the animals behave when they are immersed in a wide range of environments. But it's not cost-effective to ship the mice to various locales. So what are the scientists doing in order to study the mice in different environments? Gosh, please say they built a little water park for them. That's the video I want to see. I want to see what mice do when they're in a little water park built for mice. I know that's maybe a long shot, but I hope to see that. Please let, and if that's not the actual clip, someone, I don't like AI. I think we could use AI in this instance create a clip of mice on a little water slide built for them. And that's the only time we'll ever use AI, but I think it would be worth it. Please show oh, man. water slide. <laughs> uh, they actually created, um, I would argue just as exciting. Uh, they created a miniature virtual reality headset for them. And we have pictures. Oh my gosh. So now, <laughs> well, ridiculous! Looks, it looks so, huge on them. That it's looks probably, quite AI. What um, about their little spines? So instead of the headset sitting on their heads, they put the mice in front of the headset atop a cylinder that turns in place and acts as a treadmill. And it's showing them an owl. This is cruel. That's cruel <laughs> oh as hell. Uh, showing them their greatest enemy. Oh gosh! And so yeah, it turns and acts as a treadmill, so they can run around in the virtual world. And suppose the scientists are claiming that the mice actually engaged in the tasks and interacted with the environment much more than the old system of screens and projections. Okay. Wow. I mean, couldn't you just couldn't you just let the mice play a little Fortnite? <laughs> that, you know, that might be fun for them. Why do you have to show them their deaths? <laughs> oh my gosh. You have little costumes for them. Oh, I got the new Peter Griffin skin for you. Here you go. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I got you a pickle Rick. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's crazy. And I mean, but I mean, will this <laughs> owl chase simulator be available for humans? I might like to run from a giant owl. That would be terrifying if the owl is like to scale. Yeah, that, that kind of sounds fun, actually. I don't know that I've done that in a video game. It would be really fun to, you know, just pretend to be a, a mouse on the run. Uh, and on that note, we are two mice on the run because the episode is done. And I would like hey. to thank our guest, Jordan Morris. Uh, you, tell the you. people what you got going on. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned in my lovely intro, I uh, have a graphic novel available for pre-order now coming out next year. It is called Youth Group. It is a YA horror comedy about a bunch of goofy teenage exorcists. Um, it's got Shaun of the Dead vibes. It's got Buffy the Vampire Slayer vibes. Uh, I did it with a great artist named Bowen McGurdy, whose work maybe you recognize from Marvel Comics, and a great series called Spectre Inspectors. And uh, yeah, it's available for pre-order now. Out next year, you can go to bit.ly slash youthgroupbook and see uh, the cover. You can see a bunch of art from it, and uh, and you get a bunch of pre-order links. So uh, yeah, get out there and pre-order Youth Group if it sounds fun to you. Those pre-orders really help books. So Hell yeah. uh, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love it if people would check it out. Bit.ly slash Youth Group Book. Amazing. Well, thank you for sharing that. And and partially selfishly asking as a voice actor, do you have an audio version of it coming out? Oh, no. You know, uh, that's so funny. Uh, it, you know, I think people are kind of working on ways to do graphic novel adaptations for audio. I think I even... I think I think some people have tried it. I don't have any plans now, but if we do, we'll give you a call. Hell yeah.
Hell yeah. Well, thank you so much. Are you doing yeah. anything exciting for the holidays? Uh, no, I'm hanging around. I, uh, you know, I live in LA and I'm one of those people whose family is in Southern California. So I get to take advantage of, uh, you know, um, empty freeways and restaurants where you don't need to make a reservation. So yeah, I'm just living it up here in LA. Love it. Well, thank you again for doing KYN live with me today. Uh, tons of fun. In- tons of fun. Next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern for more news stories that are totally real but totally ridiculous, Joel, press that button. Until then, thank you, Jordan. Thank you, everybody out there. I've been Tyler Hertrick, and I will remain Tyler Hertrick.